Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewing on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Cross the Brazos and Waco Ride hard and I'll make it by dawn Cross the Brazos and Waco I'm safe when I reach San Antonio uh, We've covered a lot of uh, topics on the Wake, Waco History Podcast, but when Randy and I started, we said we wanted a, a warts and all approach to understand the, the highs and the lows of Waco's history and this community's history. And I brought in a, a trusted colleague to help us uh, talk about uh, one of the low points, which, of course, is a history of lynching here locally. And so we're blessed today to have Reverend Dr. Malcolm B. Foley with us, and he wears a lot of hats in town and on Baylor's campus. Uh, he's special advisor to the president for equity and campus engagement. He's also a director of the Black uh, Church Studies Program at Truett Seminary. Uh, he's a co-pastor of Mosaic here in Waco as well. He is a voiceover actor, as we learned <laughs> earlier. Uh, a, a very gifted individual, uh, and he's also a recent uh, Ph.D. I guess not that recent anymore. It's been over a year now. Yeah, yeah. but he is uh, Dr. Foley, and I'm, I'm excited to say that every time I can. Uh, an area of his research, and uh, in my career, I've done a lot of oral history projects on difficult topics, and Dr. Foley chose to work on a, a challenging topic that need needed to be understood, and that is lynching. And so welcome, uh, Malcolm, if I may. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And to talk to us. Uh, if you can talk just a little bit about your research, and yeah. then I'd like to go into kind of some particulars of, of local stories that we want to get into. Happy to. Um, first of all, I think it's important that people know that I, I had no intention originally to do to do work on, on lynching. When I started the PhD in the history of Christianity, I wanted to focus on the early Greek church fathers and Calvin. Um, but then I took a class on Christianity after, after, the, after the Civil War, and, and we started discussing the, the fundamentalist modernist controversy of the early 20th century, these debates over, over biblical interpretation, over power in seminaries, these kinds of things. And, and, and the question that was constantly in the back of my mind was, well, black men and women are being set on fire in front of crowds. Mm -hmm. What are churches saying about that? So I started looking, started looking through the literature, specifically with the question of what, what are black Christians doing? Um, and I just found much less than I would have liked. Mm. Um, and so at that point, I, I essentially uprooted the work that I had been doing um, in the Reformation and particularly in the Puritans. And I was like, no, this is the work. This is, this is the work that I have to do. Um, and so the dissertation focused on black Protestant resistance to lynching from 1890 to 1919, kind of mapping, uh, mapping a spectrum of responses from some saying, hey, if we, if we pray, uh, the Lord will deliver us from the lyncher, all the way to folks who, who, who would say uh, that they have to arm themselves in self-defense. Uh, for example, there was a lynching in, uh, in Delaware actually precipitated by, by, 
by a white Presbyterian minister. And the week after that lynching, Montrose Thornton, an AME pastor, gets in front of his congregation and he says that if a mob comes after you, you're probably not going to survive. So your only option may be to die in your tracks, perhaps drinking the blood of your pursuers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like that, that kind of that kind of sentiment, especially as time went on, uh, that that sentiment began 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 to grow mm-hmm. as people as people started to see, uh, basically as as people didn't see progress. Uh, in the way that they wanted to, self-defense became became more and more became more and more of an option. When you when you zoom out, and I and we'll, we'll probably talk 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 about this a little bit a little bit later. But when you when you zoom out, you see that the numbers the numbers are highest from in in the in the eight in the eighteen eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. and then the numbers kind of start to start to start to fall off. But when you look in black in black communities, that that perception. Is not there. Yeah. Going from going from hearing about a lynching once a week to hearing about one twice oh, 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 twice a month, it, that doesn't. It the fact that it's happening at all, the fact that you're hearing about men and women being burned alive, hanged, shot to pieces at all, uh, is traumatic. Is traumatic enough? Um, and so even though, kind of, you can you can you 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 can track a decline. In the in the mindsets of those who are who are who are going through it mm. uh, and who are hearing about it, that trauma is is constant. Yeah. Uh, and so the question of my research was how do you how do you survive and thrive in a culture that seems to be poised for your death? Mm. Wow. Um, as a historian, and you know, you you do history work. Um, how did you kind of pick that periodization, 1890, yeah. 1919? Yeah. So I, I I wanted to pick what was kind of the worst the worst period of it. I wanted to I wanted to stop kind of soon actually soon after the lynching of Jesse Washington because what Jesse the, Jesse Washington's lynching is kind of a is, is kind of a hinge point especially for the end for the NAACP. Um, and once and once that picks up, whenever people focus on anti-lynching resistance, they tend to they tend to focus on the NAACP. And one and one of the points that I wanted to make is, hey, from I mean, lynching lynching resistance is happening for a while before that. It's just people aren't being aren't being listened to. Mm-hmm. People are being either act either either ignored or actively suppressed. Um, and especially in especially in black in black ecclesial in black ecclesial settings. Um, and so I wanted to so and 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 just in the sources that I was able to kind of get access to, kind of the 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 bulk of them were in this 1890 to 1919 space. So I so I chose that space for that. Okay, um, you know, if I think about uh, the setting we're in now, uh, as we think of kind of central Texas, yeah, um, you know, there's historians like Kerrigan mm-hmm. and others who um, making of lynching culture that yep. have talked about the prevalence of violence um, that existed in that. You know, I think Waco is central in this in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Richard Koch that first governor after reconstruction who's a who served um in the confederate army is is elected governor first governor after reconstruction from waco and it's his administration and future administrations that kind of usher in um segregation jim crow uh the atmosphere that precipitates a lot of the violence but if you can talk a little bit, I know your research is broader than that, but yeah. if you could kind of position it in Central Texas for us a little bit. Sure. So, and 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 I think it's important when we think about this violence kind of pervading pervading the South. I think it's important to understand 
Um, so, so, so some of the some of the kind of rationale behind it, as well as kind of the function, the the mm-hmm. the, the the role that lynching actually played, uh, particularly in American society. Um, and this is something that uh, I mean, Ida B. Wells lays this out lays lays this out really well. Um, so throughout, so 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 let's let's take the example um, uh, of Jesse Washington particularly. Um, so he's so he's so so he's killed after 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 his trial for and where he uh, where he admits to raping and killing Lucy Lucy Fryer, and and that and that's and that's positioned in in a in a broad in in kind of a broad practice of. Of of black men particularly being lynched for rape is the is is what is what a number of Southern apologists will basically say this is the only reason that li- that lynching happens yeah. is to protect it's to protect white women um, and and that's that's th- when 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 these kind of atrocities happen and people were asked why why would you do something like this the response was often we need to we need to protect we need to protect white uh, uh, white women. And one of the things that that Ida B. Wells and and others would draw attention to when they actually investigate these things is that, oh, actually, actually, it seems to be the case that 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 what lynching is actually meant to do is to maintain white supremacy. So basically, it's a it's a communal it's a communal act mm-hmm. of reasserting of basically reasserting dominance of basically reminding particularly black communities, hey, we're the ones we're the ones who are in charge. When I think about kind of the role that this played, particularly in Waco's own history, I mean, we were. The the, the, the the city was kind of in an in 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 an ascendant position kind of politically and economically and at this at, at mm-hmm. this point um, but uh, but but when this but when this happens the the kind of national spotlight kind of focuses in on in on Waco you know in, in a way that really uh, starts to put a damper on that on that image which which actually, uh, is a great is a great kind of microcosm for the role for the role that lynching played in American in American society, particularly in the twenties and thirties, and actually in the forties as well. Mm. When the, the 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 kind of primary reason why these numbers start to drop is because people recognize lynching as kind of a national embarrassment. Mm. So you have so you have so you, so you have folks in in Paris, in Japan, in a number of other countries doing editorials about American lynching, saying. How can what what these 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 Americans are are barbaric and they're trying to tell us how to how to how to how to mm-hmm. live and, and there's and 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 they're doing and, and they're doing things like this to each other. Um, it becomes uh, basically lynching becomes very very bad for business, um, and so that's 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 really that's really I think the 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 primary reason why it fades. It's because you have a mass exodus of African Americans from the South generally into the North. Um, which doesn't stop the violence because the, because because actually violence against them uh, happens happens in the in the city. So you think of um, the you, you think of the race massacre in in East St. Louis mm-hmm. in, in, and and in other and in other places. Um, but because of that mass exodus, as well as kind of the uh, the fact that public opinion starts to starts to turn against start starts to turn against it once people find out. The extent of this brutality and the fact that it's happening kind of throughout the South, um, those are those are some of the things that precipitate the the, the drop in numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the Jesse Washington lynching, which I want to focus on a little bit in a minute, yeah. uh, definitely becomes an international story. But you 
you helped me think of, you know, this is an era where the U.S. is kind of taking the moral high ground mm-hmm. against these bloody Europeans uh, that are that are killing each other. Um, and, and they're quick to point out the, the flaws in the American system. Uh, don't be such moralist. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in what you reflected on there about the type of violence mm-hmm. that is particularly inciting this extra legal sort of action of yep. lynching. Um, I've read some of these accounts where murder takes a far back seat to whispers of sexual violence mm-hmm. that may be, you know, I- involved in some of these cases. Yeah. And why that in particular, what is the power or the, that seems to be the most inflammatory yep. by far element of any of these cases and just the hint of some sort of sexual violence. So can you talk all a little takes, bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's all it takes. All it takes is a, is a, is a whisper. Um, I think, I think the fact that, this is actually interesting because the fact that lynching is not um, is not exclusive to Black people in this country mm-hmm. kind of kind of actually helps us helps us frame it even more. So roughly, it's it's roughly like three roughly three quarters of the lynchings uh, of the lynchings in American history are are of are are of African Americans. You can also look at the history of of the lynching of Mexican folks, particularly mm-hmm. in Texas. Um, of Chinese folks, particularly on the uh, uh, on the West Coast, Italians as well, um, and in, and in each of these and in each of these cases, you have you have elements of uh, of labor of labor disputes mm-hmm. that are that are that are that are kind of constant across across each of those groups. But it is only uh, it's only it, it's only in the case of African Americans that this that this sexual that this sexual thing kind of takes takes a takes a takes a front seat and that and that that begins to happen in the late in the late 1880s um, but it also but it also points to um, I think part of uh, kind of one of the things that's actually been fundamental to the for, to the kind of the formation of racial or of racial ideas in American history is this is this idea of the hypersexualized black black male um, as a as a th- this is and this and this is something that can be traced back to um, uh, trace, trace, trace back to slavery. Um, this, this, this kind of constructed narrative. Um, the, the even, even after, uh, uh, even after recon, what, well, during Reconstruction, um, kind of one of the things that, uh, or one of the, one of the fears that was constantly kind of trumped up was this fear of of Negro of Negro rule, particularly these, particularly these black men who can't who can't control their mm can't control their impulses and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, something, something integral to the construction of kind of Anglo-Saxon identity was this kind of self con- self-control out of which black men were the, were the foil. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so to, and so when, uh, so when, for example, black men get the right, the right to vote and things like, and, th- and things like that, when that becomes, when that becomes a threat, all these other narratives kind of come in to try to combat what ends up being kind of the the attempted political and economic ascendancy of particularly black black men, um, and so and so I think those are I think those are some of the I think those are some of the things that lead to the milieu that 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 makes it plausible to people that black men are these kind of sexually insatiable beasts who are just out to basically out out to attack out to attack white 
white women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then once that once that fear once that kind of fear mill gets gets going, um, you can just once you once you once you suggest it, people are like, oh yeah, that probably happened. We're gonna yeah. need we need to do something. We need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, even so, I mean, you think of the um, the the Atlanta race riot in nineteen yeah. in nineteen oh six, where it was j- literally just the just the hint, just a hint, and you get and you get mobs of people getting together r- and just and just ransacking black communities, burning businesses, all these all these kinds of things, just because there's been there's been the suggestion uh, that that a sexual assault may have may have may have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, the you you mentioned earlier when your research. You know, initially looking to once we once we changed to another uh, century, once you became a modernist, <laughs> um, you began looking at kind of uh, how they're talking about this in in, in black Christian circles yeah. within the church. Yeah. And I know you've done a lot of research on the black church. You said you were a little disappointed at what you were, were able to find. I'm I'm interested in that early period. You talked about where it's going to end up mm-hmm, by the mm-hmm. time we get to the 19 teens. Mm-hmm. But in that early period, 1890s, how are they processing yep. this violence within the community? Yeah. So so for so for many, uh, they actually buy. Most people actually like buy into buy into the narratives that are that are that are given. So. So in the so in the kind of very initial period when these numbers are starting to rise, one of the things that you see that's common, particularly in um, uh, in a number of these circles, is, hey, if we if we just kind of restrain our criminal element, as in the fo- like the folks in our midst who are who are committing these crimes, mm-hmm. then then lynching then lynching will stop. Um, and I, I I mean Ida B Wells in her uh, um, it, I think she says this in uh, in Southern Horrors, but she 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 basically says, yeah, like that's. That's what I thought um, until friends of mine were lynched in 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 Memphis and I investigated their case. And it was because they they owned a grocery store that was in competition with a white owned grocery store across the street. And 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 and, and basically a shoot a shootout ensued where they tried to defend themselves. They accidentally they accidentally killed a police officer. Mob mob gathers. They take they take these three men out out uh, out into a field and shoot them. And and she investigated. And she's like. There's no, there's no, there's no hint of sexual assault or or uh, or anything in that in that case, and she and she writes an editorial about it um, to expose the the threadbare lie that um, the the threadbare lie that lynchings are are essentially founded upon that that black men rape rape white women, mm. and and when she releases that um, that editorial, she does it she does it anonymously. And there are a number of periodicals that respond and like call for the lynching of the author of that of that piece. Oh, wow. um, at that at that point, she had she had she had she had fled to the she had fled to the north, um, but 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 she would constantly kind of come come back to 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 investigate to investigate these things. But all that's to say, you know, it that that initial kind of breaking of that narrative is something mm-hmm. that has to happen in every in every in every community um, because in the because in the beginning um, and 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 it actually continues there are, there are folks who kind of focus in on uh, on moral suasion basically if we if we present ourselves basically if we if we present ourselves as worthy people will treat us people will treat us as 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 worthy mm-hmm. um, but then but then you have others who are like well we're we're human beings. We ought to be treated as human beings. Yeah. Uh, the response to lynching ought to be, 
No one ought to treat another human being in this way ever. I don't care what the I don't care what the provocation. I don't care what the provoca- what the provocation is. Um, there's a um, there's a there's a bishop of the Methodist Episcopal Church South, uh, Atticus Haygood, who after the lynching of um, at, after the lynching of Henry Smith in in Paris, Texas, they they um, uh, there's a there's a magazine that asks him not to explain the lynching, but to explain the fact that he was burned alive. Mm-hmm. And, and, his, and his response is basically, hey, I mean, look at the crime that he committed. He killed a young white girl. If, it, if that girl were my daughter, I, I would have probably been in the mob too. Like that, that, that mm-hmm. kind of, like there's, there's, there's that. Um, as a matter of fact, and he'll, he'll, even, he'll even say there, Hey, uh, you know, if you when when you think about this lynching, think about the provocation. Like so, that that mm-hmm. that that connection is something that something that a lot of people will 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 will, will refer to. Um, you know, the, bru- the the brutality of the crime justifies the brutality of 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 the response. Yeah. I mean, I, I was involved in the the hundredth anniversary in twenty sixteen. Yeah, we talked about uh, Jesse Washington and their events locally, and I think some people even struggle with it then. You know, yep. you, you know the crime and the and the punishment aspect of it, and the the guilt question, which is not the yep. which is not the not the question that we should be asking about that. Yeah. Um, well, if I think locally, you know, there's. Obviously, there's unnamed victims yeah. that, that we don't know uh, in the in the 1880s, 1870s, uh, as as the KKK is reinvigorated and racial tensions are on the rise post Reconstruction. Yeah, but there are several high profile cases in the early 20th century, and Saint Majors is Saint one Majors, that that I think of and. I don't know in your research if you discovered some things about that particular case that you found interesting. Yeah, so I didn't. I didn't look too much into um, uh, into 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 Saint Majors. What one of the things that, um, at least when I so 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 in the in the research that I that I did, I I, I was looking at particularly the uh, the AME Christian Recorder, which is a, a a black black periodical of this of this period, perhaps the. The most, the most, the most widely distributed black church periodical during this, during that, during that period, um, but also, also kind of collections of sermons from 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 pastors from pastors around the country and things like that. I had a wide smack. I mean, I I used uh, the the founder of the Church of Christ Holiness wrote a book of poetry that I'm that I that I that I frame as and he framed as a as a work of anti lynching resistance. Like one of the one of one of the things that at least drove drove my research was the fact that if the, like if this is happening i know that i know that i know that black ministers are talking about yeah. it i just got to look like i just got to i basically just got to find it and sometimes there's sources that had that had been analyzed in other contexts and then when i came into contact with them i'm like this is an anti this is a work of anti lynch oh yeah let's frame it let's frame it let's frame it that let's frame it that way mm-hmm. um, and so and so it became it became kind of less about um, particular although although particular incidents do 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 precipitate particular responses but um, but but as much as and this is and this is actually something that came up 
whenever uh, whenever people fought for federal anti-lynching legislation. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the reasons why it was constantly shot down is because uh, representatives would constantly say it's a local issue. Yeah. It's a local issue. Yeah. It's a state issue. Let's leave it to those. Well, that's the old saw, let's segregationist, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. leave it. States rights. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's leave it to them. And the, and the reason why it kept coming up was people were like, yeah, well, local and state governments aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. If, we, if, they, if they did something about it, then, we, then we'd leave it at that, at that, at that level. Um, but that also, um, but also the more that that happened, the more that people were, were able to see that this is actually a nation, like this is a nationwide, a nationwide issue. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as, as pastors begin to take on a bit of an anti-lynching, you know, that, that evolves. Yeah. I'm interested, you know, how they articulate that. I mean, what, I mean, they're obviously using scripture. They're looking at scripture yeah. to try to um, communicate their message to their flock. Uh, I'm interested in things you kind of found in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's already a very like it's all it's already a a risky thing to do uh, in a number of contexts. But mm-hmm. I think I think particularly about um, so I wrote uh, I, I I did a chapter on a book uh, called Every Every Leaf Line and Letter uh, on Evangelicals and the and the Bible from like the 18th century to the, the late 20th century, um, and um, and I focused on uh, on Francis Grimke, a black black Presbyterian pastor who had a who had a 50 year 50-year ministry in the late in the late 19th uh, and early 20th century, and so in the at the at the end of the 19th century, he gives he gives this sermon series on uh, on lynching, its causes and its remedies, hmm. um, and so he so he so he lays out uh, a number of the things that I've that I've actually just laid out here that 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 um, that this is not about basically it's not about it's not about crime it's about white supremacy all these all these things and the and the answer that he gives is we need to we need to invest in robust kind of mo- not education, uh, moral, spiritual, and just and education education broadly. People need to understand once once people and this is and, and this is something common to a lot of anti lynching uh, work. If people just understand what's going on, then they'll then they'll resist it. Um, and, and this is in, this is a sermon series he does in 1899, um, after the, particularly after the, after the lynching of Sam Hose in, uh, in Noonan, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And he's ministering in DC. Um, seven years later, when the, when the, when the Atlanta race riots happen, um, he will say in another sermon that there's only one way to stop a mob and that is to shoot it to death. Oh, wow. Over the course of that, like over the course of that time, and I, 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 I trace this in this article, like mob violence and lynching show show up in his in his preaching, and he'll and 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 racial prejudice does does too, and he'll draw, he'll draw people's attention to acts, other other texts that call that call for the kind of unity of the human race and things mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, but uh, but it's but it's interesting that with the with the with the Atlanta race riot, the text that he uses for that for that sermon um, is when Paul lays out kind of all of the all of the suffering that he's done on Christ on Christ's behalf of him being shipwrecked and all like and all that and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and the way that he frames that sermon is this is what particularly black men and women are suffering right now. We are assaulted on all sides. We don't know if we like we lynching the kind of violence that lynching is in its just kind of 
caprice in the sense that you don't even have to be accused of a crime. If someone close to you is mm-hmm. accused of a crime, that puts your that puts your life in danger. Um, that kind of the the fear that domestic terrorism causes, like this, he's, he's like that's what that's what's in the minds of black men and women across the uh, across the country, um, and that's the way that it that's the way that it had been since he gave that since he gave that first set of sermons in uh, uh, in eighteen ninety nine, and so at that point. You know, th- I think, uh, and I think this actually played into a lot of people's psyches that I, over the course of years, that just, that grinds you, it grinds your hope, um, especially if you think, as, as I said in the beginning, you thought, you know, education would, education yeah. would be the panacea. Um, but as time went on, as he kept trying to tell people, this is what's, this is what's happening. And, and it just kept, it just kept happening. Uh, eventually he got to the point where he's like, you know, the only way that, the only way that this is going to stop is if the mob actually fears for its life. Yeah. Too. Um, and there were others, like I said, there were, there were others as time went on who became much more sympathetic to that, to that, to that position. If the law wasn't going to intervene, um, if, if kind of education wasn't going to work, they had, they had to protect their lives some, somehow. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I mean, this is an era where, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, crassly graphing it, the numbers are going down. Numbers are dropping. Yep. But living with, you know, a segment of society living with the constant, you know, fear or knowledge yep. that this is a real force and continues to be a real force in society, kind of the long-term effects of that and the long-term toll of that psychologically and spiritually. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, well, I I do want to spend some time talking about the Washington lynching, yep. just because if if anyone, for most folks listening, if they've heard about uh, a local lynching, uh, it's the Jesse Washington lynching. Yeah, and so I don't know how much the circumstances of the case that uh, you can cu- you don't have your notes yeah. with you, how much you can pull that uh, out of your head, but I, I'd like to walk through the case, but also spend some time talking about its impact because that that really is the thing that that I would say makes the Washington lynching different than say St. Majors uh, 11 years before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so so I think so if you think so so Washington was a, you know, 17-year-old pro- likely mentally handicapped mm-hmm. uh boy and when and 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 Lucy Fryer's body is body is found and leading leading up to I mean leading up to the trial there's there's an you know there's an there's an extensive interrogation um, he um, you know he 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 tells them uh, he, uh, uh, this is according to I think it's an old Waco Waco Trib articles and stuff uh, um, but but also there's an interrogation. Um, he tells them where the where the where the murder weapon is 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 hidden. Um, he's also he's also told basically if you if you confess to rape like basically if you confess to rape and murder you won't be you won't be lynched. Um, and he and like this the, all of the all the records of his um, of kind of his responses are super are super short. He doesn't when he when he's asked to when he's asked to sign his name on his plea he doesn't he doesn't sign his name he just signs an X because he can't. Yeah, he's, he's illiterate. He's, a, he's yeah. illiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when the but when the trial happens, they 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 choose. Uh, they take very little time to choose 
to, to basically to choose the jurors. The deliberation is about, I believe it's like four, four minutes. Um, when he is, when he's declared guilty, um, somebody from, somebody from the, basically somebody watches says, get, says, get him. And, uh, and a mob of kind of four to 500 people basically take him out of the back of the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and there's a, uh, and there's a bonfire being, 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 being prepared. They drag him through the streets of Waco or they're stabbing him. They cut off his, his ears, fingers, castrate him. Um, and then, and then, and then burn him and take, uh, and, and, and take body parts as, uh, as souvenirs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is, and this is the kind of like that, that kind of brutality is not, is not unique. Um, mm-hmm. this is, this is, this is, this is similar to the story of, of, as I, as I noted before, Sam, Sam Hose in Noonan, Georgia, uh, Henry Smith in, uh, in Paris, Texas, um, and, and, and others, but that, but that happens, but that happens here, um, and shocks folks like, I mean, folks like folks like W. B. Du Bois and others. That 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 then precipitates the crisis, the 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 the, the crisis magazine article titled titled "The Waco Horror" that that kind of outlines kind of outlines this whole this whole this whole story um, because the NAACP sent sent investigators down here to find out, hey, what 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 happened, mm-hmm. um, and and all of this all of this comes out all this comes out then too. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was um, uh, so just to ground it. So May eighth, I think the murder happens, mm-hmm. and the trial is May fifteenth. Fifteenth. Yeah. So I remember talking to Judge Johnson. I had Judge Johnson kind of t- to show me, um, you know, that that courtroom it would have been in is is changed now. Yeah. It, used, it used to be a two story kind of courtroom, and it's a low ceiling courtroom mm. now. But yeah, he said, you know, no trial has ever been that speedy. Yeah. You know, you know how. And had inexperienced legal team, a, a group of young lawyers defending him. Yeah. And this problematic confession that is published in the Waco Trib, but using language that would have been beyond yeah. Jesse Washington to articulate his own guilt. I think it's the discovery of the murder weapon yep. with blood and, and supposedly it had cottonseed on it or something like that that may have been from the shed where she was found murdered. Yeah all that um, kind of leads to this response. And if you're, if you're at the, uh, I do walk sometimes, if you go to the McLennan County Courthouse, there's a stairway kind of in the alley behind, that would have been the stairway, that door would have been the, out, the, the stairwell where they would have mm. taken, taken Washington down that stairwell and kind of out. You know, I, if we think about the response and you begin to talk about the response and there's the article Jesus Christ of Texas yep. and that, that yep. draws attention to the Washington case. Why do you think this particular case has such an impact at the time that it has? Why, why does it become the international event? Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's also, it's also kind of, kind of late. Um, 1892 is mm-hmm. the worst year of lynching mm-hmm. in in American history. Um, as I said, kind of the height. The height is like the 90s, early 19 early 1900s. Um, when it happens in 1916, particularly in a city 
as prominent as Waco because Waco is a like is a is a pretty prominent city at that at that at that time. It's supposed to be, you know, uh, people are people basically people say you know if this can happen that kind of in a in a city that's claiming to be kind of at the heart of American civilization and things like, and, and things like that. What what is what is this country? Basically, what is this country really? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and so, I think, I think, I think, part of it is actually, um, actually the actually the prominence of the of the city of the city at that mm-hmm. time, um, with with its with its proximity with the Brazos River and stuff like that, that led to kind of particular ec- economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, that that when when you when you have something like when you have something like that lynching with its with it, oh, 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 with its brutality, people are going to use the language of, I said, how, how could these uncivilized people do this, do this, do this kind of thing, and uh, um, and all of that. And so I think, I think, it, I think it's that, I think it's that mix um, that actually leads to it getting the attention. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, you get the, you get your newly minted Alico building, you know, just a few years old, a couple hundred yards away. You've got a city of forty thousand. That's Baylor. Kind of, Baylor. You know, center of the inland cotton market in Texas. I mean, economically prosperous. You're right. Um, one thing that we've talked about, we did a episode on Gildersleeve, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and talk about those images. I mean, someone who's yeah. done lynching research, you know how rare yeah. those images are. But do you feel like that has a role in what this becomes? Oh, 100%. So, so the other thing about lynching images is that throughout the history, um, of particularly the lynching of 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 black men, particularly like these 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 pictures are circulated often. They just often don't leave the community where the lynching took place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 in it's in many ways kind of it's it's celebration similar to similar to the souvenirs similar to the souvenirs taken. Um, but when but when these pictures are publicized, particularly by the NAACP and others, though. Um, that's when, like I said, that's when, that's when this, that, that's when public sentiment starts to, starts to change because people are no longer just hearing about it, but they're seeing it. It's similar to, uh, this is, this, this is something that, uh, that Amy Wood, uh, lays out in her book, Lynching and, Lynching and Spectacle. It's, it's like what, um, it's like the role that TV plays in the civil rights movement or the, or mm. the, or the role that social, or the, or the role that social media plays now, particularly with the murder of, jo- of George Floyd and others like these, 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 um, these kind of pictorial, pictorial media, uh, the, the role, the role of pictures, not just, uh, well, especially in anti, uh, uh, in anti-lynching work, it can't be, uh, it can't be under, can't be understated, but one of the but 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 one of the most important things is 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 when when those pictures move out of the community in which that lynching took place to a broader audience and people are like oh that's that's what's happening and you can and you and you can see the pictures of thousands of white people gathering around a a burned human corpse like that's that that hits that hits people in a different way than just hearing Oh, Jesse Washington was burned in front of thousands of people. When you see, when you see his, when you see his body in the middle of a, of just a sea of of faces watching, um, there's a, there's, 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 there's a, there's a little bit more, there's a little bit more, more gravitas to that, to that, to that image. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that impulse you said earlier that they're fighting against to say, yeah, but the crime, mm-hmm. if you're faced with that image, you don't do that. You've got to deal with that image. Yeah. You've got to deal with one human did that to another human. Yeah, and you've got to deal with the fact that like there are like parents intentionally brought their children to that because it's a it's it's essentially it's it's like an act of, of discipleship in that in that community it's it's a it's it's you are you're teaching everyone in your community look this is this is what happens when you step out of line when you step out of line like this um and so um and and there and that may have survived uh, kind of at a local level, but when, but 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 when a but but when kind of the whole nation can see that that's the way that you operate, um, that becomes kind of a threat to your a, th- a threat to your way of life to a certain extent. Yeah, because the 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 image of Washington, of course, is appalling. But then you have the spectators yep. and seeing their interaction and the ways in which they're interacting and responding, uh, and the casualness. Yep. with which they're interacting and responding uh, to to um, Washington's corpse at this point is yeah. is horrific. Um, yeah, is that particular? And you talked about it being a little bit of an exceptional event by 1916. Yeah. It, it it is it is unusual event by 1916. Does that crystallize it in? kind of religious circles and black religious circles where it is something that becomes a touchstone? So I, I, so Washington's lynching particularly, um, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, it, it's not kind of a, at least, at least for, at, at least for a number of, of, um, of black folks, it's not as much, it's not as much a kind of a watershed moment just because there's just a constant tradition of resistance to mm-hmm. this. For decades, yeah, um, and so and so, really, uh, it it's it's for for some it 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 really is just this is an example of what's been happening for the past, especially the past kind of twenty five years. Um, it becomes another kind of another another data point to remind, basically, to remind to remind folks we've got to still this is still something that we've got to that we've got to that we've got to fight against. Um, and like I said, I mean that that continues into, I mean really into the into the twenties into the twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, that the 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 practice of lynching begins to, as the practice of lynching begins to fade, actually the practice of uh, of capital punishment uh, increases, um, and so the death the death still happens. It yeah. just happens in a in a less in a less public in a less public way. Um, and this is and this is I think broadly. Um, this is this is indicative, I think, broadly of the history of racial violence, particularly in this country. Um, it's there's this lynching is in some ways exceptional because of how spectacular, because of how mm. spectacular it is. Um, and it's and it's and and in that, and I think that's also one of the reasons why it. I mean, that's I mean that's why it fades. Like it fades because it's. One of the reasons why it fades is because it's so spectacular, mm-hmm. um, because it because it kind of garners so much so much attention. Um, the kinds of violence, for example, um, in slavery, the sexual violence that's constant in slavery, the 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 kind of disciplinary violence that's constant in slavery. It's less. It was less kind of public. Like it's not happening yeah. in front of thousands of people. Um, 
so 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 there is a sense in which kind of lynching violence is is anomalous, but there is also a sense in which it's also very normal in the sense that it is it is violence that is used particularly to justify particular states of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what the disciplinary violence of slavery was for. It's, we've got to keep you in this exploitative position. Violence is the way that we do it. Um, with lynching in enough when uh, so. Uh, you know, Booker, Booker T. Washington us argued that, hey, if we just build an economic base and these kinds of things, then that'll then that'll curb then that'll curb lynching. Then he saw that that act that actually uh, you build that economic base that makes you that makes you appear as more of a threat to these white communities. Yeah. Um, and so and so 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 all of these things um, I think are indicative of of broader um, of broader movements too. Yeah, and I, I think of 1916 historically, so earlier that year, to great public acclaim, Birth of a Nation premiered yep. in Waco. You know, just this Griffiths kind of homage to the Klan. Um, I mean, you know, just to, to take a grasp of the moment and what's going on racially in Waco at the time, um, you, you would understand why this tinderbox yeah. is there. So, um, well, you are a pastor in the community. You're also a researcher and you're also a pastor. I know that is, is concerned with social justice issues. Uh, We we have our eternal reward, but there's also work to do here uh, in this place that we call home now. And, you know, this is one reason I bring up the Washington lynching is it seems to have uh, a a memory, a local memory. Mm. And uh, it, it seems to continue to have a power here over a hundred years later. Mm. I mean, how should we think of it? I mean, how, how, what role maybe should it have? What role shouldn't it have? And and maybe you can't speak definitively on these things, but I know you've thought about it. Yeah. Um, occasionally I'll speak to, um, I mean, to Baylor classes about it. Um, and the, the fact that, I mean, really the fact that you, if, if anybody can get a Baylor education and not know about the lynching of Jesse Washington, that's a, that's, that's, I think, a, that's, I think a shame. Um, I think that the history of lynching is an actively, it's an actively suppressed history um, for a number of reasons. As, as, as African-Americans, we, it's, it's deeply, deeply traumatic. And so bringing it up constantly is mm-hmm. just, is painful um, for, for a number of, for a number of our white brothers and sisters, it's, it, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that, that, that kind of, that level of brutality and stuff like that happening over the course of decades, like it's just, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to bear. Um, and, and I, I mean, one of the reasons why I dig so deep into it is because these, these issues, particularly, and this is, this is, I think about kind of race race more broadly too these are not just issues of kind of us being nice to one another like these are issues mm-hmm. of life and of life and death mm-hmm. taken to taken taken to their conclusion when you when you when you when you create these when you create these kinds of barriers and narratives about one another they end not just in people being mean they end in they end in death um, and if i'm to be if i'm to serve the people of god if i'm if i'm to be a pastor i'm su- i'm supposed to be um, I'm I'm supposed to be an ambassador of life, mm-hmm. a robust a robust life, not just not just a 
uh, not just a spiritual life that you wait for, but in a, but it, but an actual investment in the material in the material lives of the people whom the Lord has called called me to care for. Um, and so that 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 digs that digs to the very root of 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 the kind of ascendant narratives that people tell about the, about themselves, about their own history, and about their and about their role in the world. So one of the things that I think is really important is that everyone knows this history so that we understand um, our capability for tremendous evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, like our communal, our individual and communal capability for tremendous evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, and then, and because, be, because that can only be, that can, that can, that can only be beaten back with an individual and communal commitment to, to robust, to robust solidarity, mm-hmm. to an understanding that, that, that if, if my brother, sister, or neighbor suffers, I'm, I'm suffering because, because I, I mean, I just, I imagine when I go through this history um, of of lynching and see uh, just the way just the way that human beings are willing to treat one another, the kind like the I, the the mindset necessary for you to the uh, the the lynching of uh, uh, of Mary Turner particularly sticks in my mind, where her husband, first of all, so this basically this guy kills his kills his kills his boss. Um, because his boss is take is taking advantage of the of the debt peonage system or con, 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 convict leasing, mm-hmm. he's being deeply exploited and and a fight fight breaks out he kills he kills his, he kills his employer and and a mob gathers and just starts killing random black people that they that they find in their search for this guy, and um and this guy and and, and this guy named Hayes Turner is killed it basically in the crossfire his wife um protests and says, Hey, like, I want to see the people who killed my husband prosecuted. And, and this, and this mob hangs her up by her ankles, burns her alive. She's eight months pregnant. They cut the child out and killed it and kill the child. Like what, what is it? What, what is it that puts, I mean, besides the demonic, which is, which is, which yeah. is, which is, which is present here. But this is, but this is a, this is a mix of human and demonic evil that people, people need to be aware that this is something that happened often in American history. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but that, because, because I want us to, I, I, I want us to be aware of that, of that, of that darkness so that, so that we can invest in a light that 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 we need to be able to pierce to be able to pierce that kind of that kind of darkness, mm. um, and and um, and and part of that history is also, you know, the kind of robust failure um, of kind of the legal system to protect to protect particularly black people. Yeah. Um, to see the Senate uh, with its apology, this is like back in 2015 for never for never um, you know for never for never enacting that. Uh, legislation but to see even those debates reveals it it reveals our national history in ways that I think we are we are eager we're eager to suppress so I think it's I think it's important for us to have a clear-eyed vision of ourselves um, for us to understand kind of how far we have yet to go but also to think about what what real robust love of neighbor looks like hmm. yeah well I I hope we're having better conversations about it now than we did in the past. Um, but I fully agree with you. Um, it's their critical, uh, conversations. If I think from a historical standpoint, if I think from a spiritual standpoint, 
They're really important to have. So I, I appreciate you looking at difficult things, Thank you. <laughs> spending your time looking at difficult things so you can come and uh, not only tell us about it, but benefit uh, students and, and congregants and colleagues uh, who you get to share with. Anything else you want to make sure you get in uh, today? I, it's, so people, people generally ask me uh, how, basically how I continue to do, how I continue to do this, yeah. this work. Cause I mean, I, I have a number of friends who started doing lynching research and were like, ah, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't do this. Uh, I think the Lord that he's given me a, uh, that he's given me a disposition that doesn't tend toward despair. Um, because it would be, it would be really easy. It's, I mean, after I, uh, after I finished, after I finished the dissertation, um, you know, there's that kind of period of time where like all you're thinking about is the dissertation. I just need to get this, yeah. I just need to get this done. Um, and then, but then I got that done and I, and I started to actually look into not just the history of racial violence, but of colonial violence and mm. just the millions and millions of yeah. lives. And like, and, and it's just, I mean, I, I, as time goes on, I I think I've I think I've been kind of Im- impressed with the idea that I like I s- similar to the way that I felt when I when when I kind of switched from the Puritans to doing the lynching work I was like this is the work that I that I have to that I have to do yeah um, like this is this is stuff that this is stuff that most people are not going to have the time and energy to 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 look at this is this is uh, this is a this is I think a, a kind of a burden that the that the that the that the Lord's given me to 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 spend this time so that I can so that I can care for so that I can care for people yeah. who have been deeply traumatized by this by this history and by its current and and by the current realities that it's that it's formed. Um, I mean, it's robustly kind of shaped um, kind of the way that I the way that I the way that I look at the world as well as kind of how how deep my commitment to loving, to loving my neighbor, to loving my neighbor is when, when, when we see kind of the extent of the powers and principalities that we're up against. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it requires a, an even deeper commitment to the gospel um, an even deeper commitment to an understanding of Christ that is not just personal, but it's also communal and cosmic. Because when we see the issues, when we see the issues of the world as big as, as big as they are, uh, we can either, fall in despair or we can think there, there there has to be an answer that's even that's even bigger that's even bigger than these things mm-hmm. um and so that's what i that's that's also what i try to bring to the congregation every, well you do that i mean you bring a sense of hope i mean the task is great but yeah. you bring a sense of hope to it and so i've always appreciated that about you oh, but right you. now i appreciate you for being generous <laughs> with your time and sitting down there so reverend dr foley uh thank you for sitting down with me today thank you Stephen. appreciate it Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
Thank you.